From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Now today, I'm going to give you a message, the second part of the message we started on Friday, entitled, Seven Bible Reasons Why I'm Still Excited. And I think we have a lot of reason to be excited. And in fact, let me just remind you that come the summertime, July 17th through 20, four big days in Walkertown, North Carolina at the Great Gospelite Baptist Church. Great facility there, large auditorium, all kinds of things for us to work with. We'll have the National Sword of the Lord Conference, and I want to encourage you now, put that on your calendar and plan to be with us. There are no registration fees. Every seat is a free seat, and we look forward to seeing many of you there. Well, listen, let's get right to the message today. I trust this will be a help to you. It's entitled, Seven Bible Reasons Why I'm Still Excited. But I want, I want you to know, I read this list, and I say, 15 turkeys and 72 others, just good folks. People who stand by you, people who pray for you, people who will help you in all of that. Now, folks, I'm excited, and it's not because that I'm a 12-foot-tall somebody. I, I want to give you just rapid-fire seven Bible reasons why I'm still excited. I'm still excited because, number one, of the faithful trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I'm still excited because there's a God who is the Almighty, who is the infallible. There is a God in heaven who made the universe and made me and made you and who gives us the opportunity to serve him. I'm excited because we serve the God who made us all. Not a man made God, but the God who made man. I'm also excited, secondly, because of this blessed book. Second Timotheus chapter number three says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. You can junk up your pulpit with skits and um, video clips and all of that kind of Mickey Mouse stuff if you want to. But let me tell you what makes converts. Let me tell you what builds strong Christians. Let me tell you what our nation needs. Our nation needs some fire-breathing preachers who will stand up and say, this is the book. You got a problem in your family? This is the book. You wanna build a church? This is the book and just preach it. I'm thankful we have a book inspired altogether, inerrant, infallible. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And if you and I will simply have the courage to stand up and open this book and tell people about it, oh, it may aggravate and agitate some folks, but I'll tell you what it will do. It'll gather a crowd in at your place. 
Your crowd's not going to get excited about something you're not excited about. I'm excited because of the grand plan. Oh, it's stated this way. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the plan. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. The Bible says he that believes on the Son has life. But he that believes not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. What a plan. That's the message. Take it to them. Because they need to hear it. I'm excited because of the Great Commission. That great commission, you know it, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. I mean, that's our marching orders. We're to make converts and we're to baptize them. Yes, sirree, the great commission, get folks saved. Those homeless folks that hang around certain neighborhoods, they need to be saved. That crowd of doctors and lawyers that are driving Mercedes and BMWs, they need to be saved. And everybody in between, everybody in between, they need to be saved. Question ought to rise in front of us like a billboard when we meet people. Are they saved? Are they saved? Are they saved? The great commission, you and I have the marching orders to go after sinners and reel them in. Bring them to the Savior. I'm excited, number five, because of the heavenly enablement. Acts chapter one. Verse number eight says, but ye shall receive power. All oh, the dunamai, the dynamite. That's the anointing, the enablement that God gives. And he says, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That power is not so that you'll jabber in some unintelligible utterance. That endowment is so that you can be a witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's the reason that God anoints us and gives us power. <laughs> As you listen to the men on this platform, you'll see that some of them are tall and some are short. Some are rather loud and some are not quite so bombastic. Some are from the north, some are from the south, some from the east, some from the west. What you'll discover is, though, that God takes men of all sizes and shapes and temperaments, and God, by his anointing, his empowerment, enables them to do what he's called them to do. You may be in a country place, you may be in a small town, or you may be in some teeming metropolis. But wherever it is that God has put you, the enablement is available. You know, it's kind of exciting to be in on something that's bigger than you are. Kind of exciting to be in on something that if you don't get the help of God, you're in trouble. Real exciting. The heavenly endowment, I mean, we're talking about power. Power for the preaching. Power for reeling in some old sinner who's been plowed around and plowed around and plowed around and finally getting him to the Savior. I'm excited because of the heavenly enablement, the great commission, the grand plan, the blessed book and the faithful trinity. I'm also excited because we have our eye on the sky looking for his second coming. Oh, one day the Lord himself 
shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I love the last verse that says, wherefore, comfort one another. It doesn't say confuse one another. It says comfort one another with these words. That simply means you and I, you and I ought to be excited about that. We have reason to be excited. One of these days, all oh, the blue, the azure blue of the sky will, will burst in front of us and the Lord himself will be saying, come forth, come forth. The trumpet will sound. And number seven, I told you I had seven Bible reasons. Number seven is found in Revelation 22 where it says the spirit and the bride say come. And him that heareth say come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. Now we have people running around the country saying that God elects some and some others he doesn't elect. That's as foreign to the Bible in fact, it's so foreign, I don't hesitate to call it heresy. It's a cancerous theology. What the Bible says is, the Spirit of God's working all the time. The Word of God's working all the time. The church needs to be working all the time. You and I need to be reaching our arms out all the time. And you say, well, well we don't know what, what's the deal with this guy. You know, sometimes we get the idea, well, now I've got to figure out where he's been, what he's done, what he's been into, who he knows, you know, what he's got, what he don't got. No, no, no. What, what, what this guy needs to hear is Christ died for his sins and rose again from the grave and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if he will just get a grip on the fact that he's a sinner lost and hell bound and that there's a savior and he's willing to trust him. And the Bible says in this verse, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. You know, I've been battling this stuff, you know, and I, uh, they, they told me they, they put two bottles of water up here for me this morning. I said, hey, I'm bringing both of them. You say, what's the deal? If you're thirsty, you know it. If you're dry, you know it. It does not take a lengthy theological essay with 12 chapters to help most people figure out that they're in trouble and they need a savior. And whether they respond or whether they don't. I met a lady on the airplane, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago now. We were flying from San Diego somewhere here back east. And uh, she had just finished uh, a project for her master's degree. She'd gotten a $100,000 grant from the state of California, which will explain why they're unable to pay their bills out there. But uh, she had gotten a $100,000 grant for her master's degree and she had gone to the prisons in California and interviewed 300 prisoners to ask them one question. The one question was, when you were arrested for the crime that you are in jail for, when you, when you committed that crime, did you know right from wrong? And she told me, 
that after interviewing 300 prisoners at the expense of the state of California, 299 of them said, oh yes, I knew it was wrong. Now, I don't know what happened to her master's degree, but that confirmed to me exactly what I'm telling you. You don't have to take 12 days of Christmas to explain to somebody that they're lost. But even little boys and girls, you, you don't have to chase them very far for them to figure out, oh yeah, man. <laughs> that creates a hunger. It creates a thirst. And if you get dry, I mean, you're out in the desert park somewhere, nobody has to come up to you and say, now, I suppose you may be thirsty. What they're looking for is the fountain where the water flows. And the Bible says, whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And he gets it freely because it's already been paid for. Well, dear friends, we'll have to interrupt right there, but that is part two of that message on seven Bible reasons why I'm still excited. I hope this has been a help to you, and I believe I've given you some things that really would encourage you to be excited about what you have in the Lord Jesus. If you're not saved, you need to get saved, but if you are, you've got every reason to be excited, to be thrilled, and to let the joy of the Lord flow in your heart. I trust that you'll catch hold of the spirit of this message and live it in your own personal life. Now, it's always a joy to me to hear from those of you who listen to the broadcast, and I encourage you to write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. So write me a note anytime, first time you get a chance. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, thank you for being along today, and I trust that you'll join us again tomorrow. We'll look forward to a good, good day again. So in the meantime, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now.